Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church. And that's why I like to point out that Christianity is not a spectator sport. There are no bench warmers. There are no hitchhikers. Because our service, as we talked about way back in Romans chapter 12, our service to God is an act of worship. What we do with our lives is or is not worship. It is the worship of the one true God if we serve him, if we worship something or someone else. That's another matter. I can see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life Every giant will fall The mountains will move Every chain of the past You've broken into All the fear of the lies We're singing the truth That nothing is impossible With you Hello and welcome to the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so grateful that you've joined us today for the broadcast, and as we always do, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's broadcast, Pastor Keith continues with his study through the Book of Romans with a series of messages he's entitled, Changed Relationships with God. So if you have your Bibles... Please turn with us today to the book of Romans, chapter 16. Now, here's Pastor Keith with today's study. Father, we thank you for your word. It is true. It is truth. It's not just, it doesn't just contain the truth, Father. It is the truth. And as Jesus prayed, sanctify, set us apart in that truth so that we can serve you, Lord, so that we can look into your word and be changed from the inside out by what we see as we and the power of the Holy Spirit apply what we read so that we can be instruments in the Redeemer's hand to change this world one soul at a time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, help me to be clear today as we work through Romans 16, 1 through 16. And Father, I pray too for the projector which went down. It's back up, Lord. I pray it will stay up for the service. And uh, Lord, we just give this time to you as an act of worship. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let me just sort of cut to the chase here. We're wrapping up our, this is the next to the last message in Romans. Uh, and this section, you know, we've broken Romans into sections. This is changed relationships with fellow believers. And let me just cut to the chase right now and tell you this, that you, all of you, you, me, we, all of us can make a difference in this world and in the eternities of others. And why is that? It's because, as the message is entitled, Christianity is a team sport. It's not a spectator sport. And everyone needs to play. Everyone has a role to play. Because God has raised you up for such a time as this. He he has gifted you with abilities, aptitudes, experiences. And you can make a difference in his kingdom work regardless of how you perceive yourself or how people perceived you when you were young, God has 
empowered and enabled you to serve him, to do things in him that you could not do in your own strength and in your own abilities. Which brings us to this passage in Romans chapter 16, 1 through 16, which is greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so, greet so-and-so. And you're looking at it going, well, what do you do with that? Well, because we preach systematically here from the beginning of a book to the end of the book, we have to go through these 16 verses together. But when I look at this, and as I studied and prepared for this message, it reminded me of the time that I preached the Gospel of Matthew. And when you start in the Gospel of Matthew, what do you start with? Genealogies. And when you look at the genealogy, you're tempted to skip through it because it's just a bunch of names of people I don't know that have been dead for a long, long time. But the genealogy is important because it shows you that Jesus descended from the line of David, the Messianic line, and he is the rightful king and savior, the Messiah. And that's the overarching theme of that passage, that genealogy. But in that genealogy, if you look closely, as we'll look at this passage today, these 16 verses, as you look closely at that genealogy, what you also see, what you also see is that the gospel is for the whole world. Is not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile as well. Why? Why do I say that? Because there are three people in there, in that, in that genealogy in Matthew, who are Gentiles, and yet were ancestors of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the Savior of the whole world, not just the Jewish people. But if you just glossed over that, if you just read through that without thinking about what you read, you would have missed that. Well, today's passage is like that. And when I look at this, today's passage, I'm reminded that God is the most effective and efficient being in the universe. He never says more than he needs to or less than he should. And in this passage, there is plenty for us to learn as we see the Bible here as a picture of, effect, of efficiency and uh, effectiveness. Because what we have here really gets back to the sermon title that Christianity is a team sport. And that everybody has a role to play. Because what we see here, you know, the, 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 the book of Romans, this greatest letter ever written, has a structure. It's called an epistolary structure. It's a letter. It begins with, you know, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ according to the will of God. And it ends with greetings. It's, it's, it follows a customary structure of the Greco-Roman world, the world and the day in which Paul writes. And God in his providence and in his sovereignty chose this era and this format to teach us many, many lessons, but today we'll just look at four. And what we see here as Paul wraps up this greatest letter ever written is what on the surface appears to be a series of niceties, but what really is a message for us today, a lesson or a series of lessons that we can learn. Because This isn't like when he's commending these people or saying greet this person or greet that person. It's not like like us friending strangers on Facebook. What he'll do here is obligate the church in Rome to a group of people they've never met as they receive this letter from a guy they've never met, the Apostle Paul. Now speaking of structure, let's back up. Romans, as we've talked about before, And chapters 1 through 11 is all about principles of Christianity, principles of the faith. The book of Romans tells you everything you need to know, soup to nuts, about the Christian faith from the Old Testament to the New. That's why it's such an important letter. 
And the first 11 chapters are all about theology, the principles, the superstructure of Christianity. And chapters 12 through 16 are all about application or practice. And this passage is no less about practice than the rest of chapters 12 through 16. And so what I want to do is to look at this, because you've heard me say time and time again, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a team sport, and everybody gets to play. Well, that really, in a manner of speaking, is the point of this message, and it is derived from this passage. Everybody, each one of you, just like the people we're going to read about, has a role to play in the kingdom of God, in this unfolding drama of redemption. Everybody has a contribution to make. Everybody has an ability that they can deploy in the here and now for the sake of the eternity of others. So what I want to do as we consider this passage is to look at just four facets that we can find in this passage, four aspects, four things that we can learn so we can understand where you and I fit in, where you and I might fit in, where we may not have thought it through before. I want you to consider four facets in this passage so that you, me, we, all of us can know that we can make a difference for God because God has made it so. God has ordained it so. Because God has designed Christianity not to be irreverent as a team sport, not a spectator sport, and everybody gets to play. And I can't emphasize this enough. I remember when I was a child and we used to choose up teams for basketball. Somebody got picked first and somebody got picked last. And when you're 12 years old and about this big, you usually don't get picked last, although I could barely walk and chew gum. Now, in Christianity, everybody gets to play. Nobody sits on the bench. And that's what you're going to begin to get a sense of here in this passage. Here are the four facets, the four aspects, the four things I want you to pick up on in advance. Number one, the commands. Number two, the diversity. Number three, the relationships. And number four, your place or position on the team. But before we get into that, let's read the passage. I want you to listen for the commands. I want you to listen for the relationships. I want you to listen for the diversity and for your place on the team. Listen for these kinds of things. Listen to these commendations. Listen to these commands. Romans chapter 16, verses 1 through 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a servant of the church at Centre that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you, in whatever she may need from you. For she has been a patron of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles." Give thanks as well. Greet also the church that is in their house. Greet my beloved Epinatius, who was the first convert to Christ in Asia. There is a distinction. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stachys. Greet Apelles, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian, 
Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. That would be a name I would not want to have. <laughs> Greet those workers in the Lord, Trophina and Troposa. Greet the beloved Persis who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Ansicritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobus, Hermas, and their brothers who are with them. Greet Philogius, Julia, Nerus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. There's a whole lot of greeting going on there, isn't there? A whole lot of verbs there. Here Paul writes to a bunch of churches who he's never met, he's never seen, about people they've never known, and he tells them how to treat them. And he challenges them to welcome, to greet, to receive, to serve them. And he describes these people. He has these little descriptive terms about them, fellow worker, fellow prisoner, who risk their necks. Patron, you have all these names, all these titles, all these descriptors, if you will. And with these introductions, we understand that this is serious business. It's not about Instagram, it's not about Twitter, it's not about people on Facebook that we really don't know, but we want people to think we know. He knows these people, and he is commending them to the church in Rome, the churches in Rome, and he's obligating these Roman Christians to take care of them. So with that, I want us to understand these four facets. And facet number one is this. Aspect number one of this passage is this. Consider the commands. Consider the commands. These greet words are all in the imperative mood, active voice. He's telling them to do something. You look at uh, 16.3 all the way to uh, 16.16. Greet Prisca and Aquila. Greet also the church in their house. Greet my beloved Epidatus. Greet Mary, who worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia. Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus. Greet, 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 greet. It also means welcome. And when you extended a greeting in those days, it was a little more formal. It wasn't just a hi. It was a welcoming. I mean, when people wrote letters in those days like this, they weren't these casual emails. It was serious business. And as we'll see next week, Paul is using a scribe to write this letter. He's dictating this letter to a scribe. And there's something serious about this, and I don't want you to miss the implications. These are not shallow pleasantries. Their culture was different. These introductions carried weight. And this is an introduction from the Apostle Paul, who the church there knew of but did not know. So this goes beyond the casual. The commands or exhortations tell us a great deal also. If you think about it, if you stop and think and reflect about our own calling, about our own responsibilities, yes, as Pastor Chris taught last week to missionaries, but also to each other and also to the cause of Christ. And that's why I like to point out that Christianity is not a spectator sport. There are no bench warmers. There are no hitchhikers. Because our service, as we talked about way back in Romans chapter 12, our service to God is an act of worship. 
What we do with our lives is or is not worship. It is the worship of the one true God if we serve him. If we worship something or someone else, that's another matter. And so we go back to Romans 12, 1 through 3. And let me just read this to you. Because when he says, greet these people, this is in the context of Romans 12. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, the mercies that the churches in Rome have received, to present your bodies, to present their bodies, and I would say today our bodies, as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And we talked about this last time, the word there is logikos, logical, which is your reasonable, logical, minimal level of worship. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Watch this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of the faith that God has assigned. Our minimal logical service of worship is driven by the assignment that we have been given in Christ by his Father. We have gifts and abilities that are on loan from God. They're not ours. They're his, and he expects us, he expects you, me, we, all of us to deploy them. You know the parable of the guy, one guy buried his coin in the sand, his talent in the sand? That's not an option for us. God has gifted us. He's assigned a role according to the measure of faith he's provided. And we need to realize that what we do with it, how we live, how we serve, it's all worship. And so in that context, you come to chapter 16, and he's telling them, worship the Lord by receiving, by greeting, by welcoming, by supplying these people. You know, it's, it's kind of like in sports. Years ago, in the galaxy far, far away, I played football. And I remember when you came onto the field, you met your teammates. You know, and when I, the first time, the first team I went out for, <clears throat> I practically didn't know offense from defense. But, you know, they, you come out there and they're introducing you. And I knew I wanted to play quarterback. So I thought, how can I do, go about getting this position nailed down? So the coach goes, so what position do you want to play? And I thought, I'll be humble. Said, I'd like to play guard like Jerry Kramer, Green Bay Packers. And I got pigeonholed for the rest of the time I played football as an offensive lineman. It didn't work so well. But the fact is, then I was introduced to the center. I was introduced to the quarterback. He's introducing these teammates. He's introducing one squad to the other, one group of players to the other, so that they can mesh and minister. And this will be their act of worship. This will be their act of of active service. You can see, you can sense, you can understand the significance of all this because we're going to get into who these people are a little bit, their diverse roles, their backgrounds, their gifts and abilities. But just to review quickly before we move on to the next facet, as you look at this passage, as you think about this passage, maybe you'll look at it Monday. Maybe you'll do your devotions in it. That would be unusual, but do that, you know, with all these greetings and everything. But consider the orders, the commands, the marching orders. We have been drafted as they had been drafted 
into the army of God. So these teams are being introduced and assimilated and connected with one another. And Paul, functioning as a coach of sorts, is filling positions, introducing team members who are engaged, who are ready, willing, and able to play. So what do you do with this? Well, I'd say, number one, ponder your own role in the cause of Christ, in this faith community. Where do you fit in? as we do this kingdom work here in San Jose, Santa Clara County, and beyond. And number two, take some time and pray humbly about accepting the assignments that you may be given. You may volunteer because you think you're the greatest teacher that ever taught, and we may want you to hand out bulletins. We may want you to work in the children's ministry. We may need you to work parking lots. And you'll say, well, I'm the next Charles Haddon Spurgeon. Most people don't know who that is anymore. But... Pray that you will be humble and wise enough to get plugged in where you're needed, maybe as a guard and not as a quarterback. Lastly, obey, your, obey God. Answer your call. You don't have the right or the privilege or the ability to sit still, to pass time. This life is short, eternity is long, and this momentary life will be over before you think about it. And you may be saying to yourself, well, someday... I'm going to get involved in ministry and really serve. But when I look on my calendar, I see Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I never see someday. You know, it's like somewhere. So think about it, pray about it, and answer the call. Aspect number two, I want you to notice the diversity. God is no respecter of persons. It's fashionable today to talk about diversity and advocate for diversity. But people rarely give it much thought other than a little bit of useless virtue signaling in our culture. You know, don't do your righteous before men to be seen by them. But you see it here in this passage. There are 29 people mentioned in this passage. 29. And they come from all kind of backgrounds, all kind of places. They have all kinds of gift sets, all kinds of abilities. Let me just walk you through a few of it. Uh, let's just start out here with eth- Ethnicity. There are seven people of Jewish extraction listed here. Beginning in verse uh, 3. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who risk their necks, who risk their necks for my life, to whom not only I give thanks, but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well. Verse 6. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Verse 7. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners. They were known to the apostles and they were in Christ before me. Verse 11, greet my kinsman Herodian. 13, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord. You're saying, well, how do you know they're Jewish? Well, I mean, this is where the languages come in. These people are of Jewish extraction. It takes all kinds of people in the kingdom of God. Speaking of ethnicity, there are three there of Latin or Roman extraction. Ampliatus, Greet Ampliatus, my beloved in the Lord. Urbanus, greet Urbanus, my fellow worker in Christ. There's Aristobulus. These are all Romans. So you have Jews and Gentiles here. Now, I'm not going to go through all the Greek names, but there are 19 people of Greek extraction here. What do we see here? The kingdom of God is all kinds of people from all kinds of places.
Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today studying God's Word. If you'd like more information on Pastor Keith or Hillside Church, here's how you can connect with us. Our mailing address is 545 Hillsdale Avenue in San Jose, California, 95136. The church office telephone line is area code 408-269-4782. And you can connect with us on our website, which is gracetoliveradio.org. There you can check out archived messages of past sermons and also listen to Pastor Keith's weekly blog. And please remember that the Grace to Live radio program is a listener-supported ministry outreach of Hillside Church if you'd like to partner with us financially. Again, all of these things are available to you on our website, gracetoliveradio.org. Also, I'd like to remind you that Pastor Keith and the staff here at Hillside always look forward to hearing from you. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith at hillside.org. Well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening. Every try